0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com
2: It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
0: What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, and we got a fun one for y'all today. And this for me is, is awesome because I have been uh, a lifelong fan of of Paul Lucas's work and and uh, I've been a lifelong fan of UniWatch. So we have the man himself, we have UniWatch. We have Paul Lucas joining the show today. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today.
2: Thanks for inviting me and having me on. And, you know, you say you're a lifelong UniWatch fan. I am a lifelong 49ers fan. So for for all the teams to be invited uh, onto a podcast, uh, this is the one I'm most excited about. And, you know, I live out uh, on the East Coast. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. There are not a lot of Niners fans here, uh, but uh, there's me at least. (laughs) There you go. Holding it down for the Eastern Seaboard, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh it's funny. people often ask me uh had you know why would you be a 49ers fan I grew up on Long Island uh you know I'm lifelong New York state resident uh but when I was like 6 or 7 years old um I reached into a box of cornflakes and pulled out uh they had like giveaway trading cards and the the first one I pulled out was a Ken Willard card he was a running back for the 49ers at that time and from that very moment he became my favorite player, and the 49ers became my favorite team. And, you know, there were some rough – I'm a little older than you. There were some rough periods in, the like, the 70s. The Niners were 2-14 and 14, two years in a row, uh, which kind of tested my fandom a little bit. But uh, it was right after that that they drafted Joe Montana, and things started turning around. and um, And, of course, we're here to talk about uniforms. I'm really lucky that the team I ended up rooting for – has generally been a very good-looking team over the years. That you know the Niners' uniforms have, for the most part, been very, very solid.
0: Yeah, I would say so as well. And it's you know obviously we're biased here. We're we're all Niners fans here, and I feel like it's the right now. It's the cleanest uniform set in the league. And you combine the 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 actual current uniforms, which is a nod to the 1980s uniforms with the gray face mask and the and the the red. The cherry red jersey and the, the gold pants and you combine that with the throwbacks the 94 throwbacks which are actually the throwbacks from the 50s uh right that they, that they wore <laughs> in that 94 i, I think the first throwback to a throwback right right <laughs> and th- what people may not know is that eddie de in 1994 eddie de actually paid a fine for the 49ers wearing those throwback uniforms all season like he was getting fined for that because the deal was was that they would they would only wear it for a certain amount of games. Am I correct on that?
2: Uh, I never heard that it was a that it was a fine situation. I know he did ask for permission at least, and that they they ended up wearing them more often than was originally planned. Uh, that was 1994. It was when all the NFL teams wore throwbacks to celebrate the league's uh, 75th anniversary or diamond anniversary, and it, most teams did it for just two games, three games. I think a couple of teams did it for only one game. Uh, but uh, Debardo did like um, the throwbacks and asked for permission. Uh, the Niners were on a run; also, they were sort of on a roll that season, mm-hmm. and he just like it was sort of like uh, a superstition thing. Let's keep wearing them, and then they asked for permission to keep wearing them in the postseason. And I know they did get permission for that, and they wore them all the way through the Super Bowl, where they defeated uh, the Chargers uh, in that Super Bowl.
0: And I believe to this day they're the only team to actually wear like a throwback. Uniform in the Super Bowl, not counting the teams that were actually like the throwback teams back in the the early yeah, days. Right. The yeah, I, I believe
2: that is correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's super cool. I've actually got a, a 75th anniversary Jerry Rice jersey, like the authentic one, hanging in my closet. I just bought it a, a few months ago when it came available, and uh, I, you know that that to me is is the uniform that I grew up on. Right. Like I I I remember they only wore it for a season, but it's near and dear to my heart because they they won that last Super Bowl that, that I remember in that uniform. Um, but what what to you what is the worst 49ers uniform if they <laughs> if they have one, which is which is the one that you are like, hey, that's kind of
2: the ugly stepchild of the group. Uh, well, that's I mean, that's a really easy one because it's that black alternate they wore five or six years yes. ago and that, that was just a disaster. I, I remember I remember writing a piece where I said, my favorite team and I need to have a little talk here because you know? <laughs> the <laughs> whole like, Uh, What we at UniWatch call BFBS, which is black for black's sake, when you just like black isn't one of your team colors, but you just roll out a black alternate uniform because it looks cool or it looks intimidating or or some nonsense like that. And I really thought the 49ers were kind of above that. There were certain teams that, you know, are are prone to kind of gimmicky uh, uniform and marketing initiatives. And then there are teams that are not that kind of play it straight. And I always kind of put the 49ers in the latter category. Like they were not one of the teams that, that kind of just did this gratuitous uh, marketing stuff. And, but they did do that black uniform and man, it was just awful. I, as a, as a Niners fan, I was embarrassed. I really was. Yeah.
0: it It was, the numbers were hard to read. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah, yeah. It
2: wasn't even functional as a piece of design, like because it was hard. It, there wasn't enough contrast on the numbers because they, they could have put white outlining on the red numbers. Mm-hmm. That would have helped a little. Still would have been an awful uniform, but at least at least it would have been functional. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. So uh, I'm just so glad that one's been mothballed and you know, that's as soon as I saw it, I was like, all right, so this is gonna be on all those what were they thinking lists years from right. now, you know. <laughs>
0: You know, and I think that we we also have to remember what the team was going through at that time. That was right after they fired Jim Harbaugh. The team was in turmoil. They needed to create some excitement. The fans were it was borderline fan mutiny. That was the year that they were flying banners above above the stadium. Um, so I think that that the ownership group they wanted to kind of get their get the fans' minds off of the on-field product by changing what the on-field product looked like, but they, <laughs> they executed horribly on that for a number of reasons. For the number of reasons that the reasons that we discussed, but also the socks didn't match. They were wearing like the normal red socks, mm-hmm. and on top of that, they had the, the, the gold helmet. Like, if you're going black, you have to go like all black, right?
2: Dude, Don't give them any ideas. Don't <laughs> <give> them. <laughs> right? like, it's like, the last one we want is for them to say, "You know what that that old black uniform didn't work, but now now that we can add a second helmet, hmm." You know, let, let's not uh, let's not give Nike or the Niners any ideas. That's uh, right. I, I
0: retract my statement. I absolutely. <laughs> but <laughs> i think i think universally amongst 49ers fans i think they'll agree is that that's that's the worst one another one that i feel like doesn't get a fair shake that was was a good one at the time because i remember that they changed it because we had seen gray face masks forever uh, for the 49ers was in 1996 when they brought when they brought in the new uniform change um where they had the red face mask and they had mm-hmm. the the two different size numbers for the the home and away jerseys and like the the shoulder patch Numbers were different sizes than like the chest. It was, it was, a, it was not executed poorly, but I, but I do give them credit for for changing it up. They had the white pants. Yeah, that, that,
2: that had the that uniform had some potential. Uh, it Had like the the black drop shadow on the numbers, yeah. and uh, they changed the helmet striping. They put some black trim on the helmet striping and the pants striping. Um, but it it always felt just a little too big. It wasn't terrible, but uh, like. For instance, they had the uh, the SF logo, you know, the same one that appears on the helmet. It was on the sleeves and it was on the hips, I believe, right. of the pants. And it was just too much. Like, you don't need to put the SF logo on every single part of the uniform, like the helmet and the, and the jersey and the pants. It was just overkill. And I felt like everything about that uniform just felt like a little too much. Like, they were just pushing it a little too much. Uh, and it wasn't. Awful, but I was I was happy when they went back to like the classic like seventies and eighties style.
0: Yeah, likewise, I think that 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 to me is is indicative of the of the golden years of of the 49ers dynasty of of the eighties and and partially the seventies as well. Like you mentioned, that that thick stripe down the pant side, like the three stripe. But you know, now it's it's much thinner now. But um, you know, just having that there, like it was iconic. The three stripes on the jersey sleeves. They went to two recently. They went back to three now uh, after they changed the saloon font. They changed the font as well. They got away from the saloon font. Like I mean, that was just that was just egregious. That 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 they they listened to the fans. Like so I give them credit because we wanted the saloon font back after they started mm-hmm. doing like the throwback games in twenty nineteen. But that font was just so bad. With the underline of the ERS, the 49ers. Yeah, so that bad. was like an
2: old 60s logo that they had used. I mean, it, it did have, it was part of the team's history and heritage. But the saloon font obviously is also and and, and is something that I think fans connect with a lot more. Um, and I, I agree that it it looks better there.
0: Yeah. And I, and I feel like uh, that 96 uniform, which they eventually uh, paired with gold pants in 98, I feel like 96, 97, when they had the all white uniform, it was a good look. And I feel like that's something that they could have gone forward with as maybe an alternate if the NFL allowed that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I also feel like those years they felt like maybe they were getting away from what the, what the actual roots of what they, what they were. Uh, so they added the gold pants back in 98. And I vividly remember that season as well. That's, that's the catch two, Terrell Owens mm-hmm. and the wild card game is green Bay and um I feel like those those uniforms in particular, with the red mask and the gold pants, a lot of people don't appreciate those enough because after that year, Steve Young gets hurt in early 1999, and they're basically mediocre for the next half decade at that point because they're going through coaches like crazy. Jeff Garcia came in, and he had a, a small they're show. going through coaches and
2: quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, and and I feel like that uniform doesn't get a good shake because you'll see oftentimes on on uh, Twitter or X now. Where people will post uniform concepts and they'll post that uniform, and there's like a, a visceral, like, negative reaction to that uniform because I feel like the era that it represents.
2: Yeah, I think it was sort of a, a transitional era, and, and therefore that is seen as a transitional uniform, um, which I, you know, I, I think in retrospect, it is a transitional uniform, but it's, it, it, again, it's not terrible. Um, I, I feel like, um, again, as a Niners fan, I've been really lucky uh to to have a team that I root for that generally those black uniforms notwithstanding generally looks pretty good out there week after week.
0: So if I were to ask you one 49ers player, because I'm also big on player aesthetics, like the mm-hmm. gear that they wear and how they wear it. Um, you know, like I in in high school, like I, I emulated like Ricky Waters and Deion Sanders in terms of like the gear that they wore because mm-hmm. it was just so cool to me. So for me, like I feel like Deion Sanders and Ricky Waters are the two guys that I grew up on, like, and they just had the best aesthetic to me. Um, I was a receiver and, and DB. So for me, it was like that that worked. But if there's one player you could point out in 49ers history that had that aesthetic that you looked at, and like, hey, that he looks really good in that uniform, who would it be?
2: Uh that's tough. There's a lot, I I could think of a lot of players. One who comes to mind is Roger Craig, uh, running back, um, who had this sort of high-stepping uh running style uh it often looked like he was almost gonna like come out of his socks mm-hmm. um and he just the the uniform looked good on him I even liked the way he wore his eye black um because mm-hmm. uh, he he would wear eye black uh on the field and it just it had it I mean it sounds silly to say but it, it looked like it was smudged just right if that's possible right. <laughs> <laughs> um and a few other players uh obviously I loved uh watching Joe Montana and just the mm-hmm. the It's not always just the uniform. It's like the posture of the player. Like when Joe Montana threw a quarterback, he would raise his arms like in a touchdown symbol. And he couldn't like any player. He couldn't put them straight up because his shoulder pads got in the way. Right. But um, but there was this sort of exaltation and this sense of like joy and success. And yes, uh, in the way he carried himself out there. And I always like that. Um, and, you know, not another lucky thing about rooting for the Niners is that they've had a lot of success over the years. And people look pretty good when they're winning. right? <laughs> so they, <Of> course. <laughs> uh, they carry them. No, seriously, they carry themselves. Well, there's like a posture and like a, a, a kind of skip in their step and a chip on their shoulder, maybe. And and there's just the Niners have often had that because they've been a successful team. And so the players have, have looked good out there. I can think of one player who uh, who. I I didn't like how he wore the uniform, although I loved him as a player. And that was Frank Gore, uh, who uh, I read has just returned to the Niners front office uh, like this past week, I think, um, in some kind of office role. But uh, Frank Gore throughout his career, not just with the Niners, um, had a thing for really short pants, like biker biker pants kind of. And I imagine he was fined for it from time to time. Uh, but he didn't care. Like it was, it was just what was comfortable for him. And so, um, some players who go with those shorter biker style pants, they'll wear longer socks or like mm-hmm. tight leggings, uh, to make up for it. So they don't, they still don't have any exposed skin, but Gore didn't do that. He had the the shorter pants and just regular socks that like stopped. Yeah. A little below the kneecap. And so his knees and his kind of lower thigh were always exposed. And often, because he's a running back and it's rough and tumble out there, his socks would get pulled down, like, you know, yes. in the, in, uh, in Luke, he was being tackled or he's blocking or whatever. Uh, and he didn't always bother to pull them back up. So, <laughs> so he'd, he'd be out there and he'd have these really short biker style pants and then basically bare legged below that. And it looked very like NCAA. It was very college yeah. football because in college, you know, not all the college teams wear socks. That's not a requirement in the NCAA the way it is in the NFL. And and I always thought, yeah, that's not really a good NFL look. That's not really a good 49ers look. Um, but, you know, Frank Gore is going to be, if he's not already, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And uh, it's, it's hard to argue about you know, with how he chose to wear his uniform. It was just what he felt comfortable with.
0: I feel like I feel very much the same way about socks in general. Like when I played, like I was, I always wore socks and they were always high, and it was just it just looked more complete. The uniform just mm-hmm. looks complete, right, by having a either a solid colored so- set of socks or like the NFL socks we have, like the half color, half white. Mm-hmm. And there have been guys who have wear like they'll wear like the ankle socks with like tights, and it'll it'll still match. There's guys that wear just the tights and no socks. There's Color Rush, which is which is basically just a large like unitard uh, mm-hmm. for most teams, um, and now there's been several teams that have have come out with variations of uniforms. I feel like this this particular summer has been one of the best I've ever seen in terms of releasing throwbacks that we've always wanted to be re released.
2: Yeah, the ones... been... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, the the ones I'm particularly talking about are the Eels Kelly Greens the creamsicle buccaneers the seattle seahawks from the 90s uh and obviously the old houston oilers throwbacks for the for the titans like those four for me and, and there's others there's the vikings that released theirs and the falcons were wearing uniforms as well and there's redesigns with the colts and the cardinals but mm-hmm. those first four for me were like that was like my childhood like i love all of those uniforms mm-hmm. And although I hate the Seahawks, I love that uniform. It's fantastic.
2: I, I do too. In fact, um, when I, I stopped uh, what I was working on to take this call uh, and and do this call with you, I was actually working on uh, my my upcoming NFL season preview, uh, which will run you know shortly before the the regular season starts. And I was actually writing. I was I was in the Seahawks section of that piece, and I was writing how happy I am to see that uniform back. Because man, I always love that. Uh, it's you know green and blue don't always work together um, mm-hmm. in the world in general and but it, and it's really rare you see it um, it's not a common sports color combo it's mm-hmm. certainly not a common NFL color combo but I always love that uniform with the Seahawks I love I love it so much more than what they wear now. And for me, like seeing that again was like an old friend uh, when they did the unveiling. And we should say here, uh, probably most of your uh, listeners already know, but the reason there were so many uh, throwbacks and alternates being released this summer is that uh, from 2013 through last year, the NFL had what was called the one shell rule, which was Mm -hmm. uh, a rule that said teams could only have one helmet color. You could change the way that one helmet color was decorated, and so for some teams, Um, They could like swap out the decals and the striping tape and create a different helmet design, like a throwback helmet design. In some cases, like the Dolphins have been doing that for years, for example, they just use their white primary helmet and turn it into a white throwback helmet. But for a lot of teams, um, their throwback look required a different helmet color and... They weren't able to do it while the one shell rule was in effect. The rule was lifted last year. We saw a few new throwbacks, but there were some supply chain issues um, in the NFL, like in so much uh, so much uh, the rest of the world because of the pandemic. This year, though, it's like the dam burst, and we're seeing so many new throwbacks, so many new alternate helmets uh, because of the lifting of that rule, including all the ones you're talking about. Uh, the the, um, the Eagles couldn't do their Kelly greens because they had the midnight green. Uh, mm-hmm. Shell Buccaneers couldn't do their creamsicle throwbacks because they normally have the pewter shell. Now they mm-hmm. can bring back the white helmet and, and slap Bucko Bruce on there. And uh, that that uniform, the creamsicles, is so interesting because it, it was really laughed at for so many years in the seventies and eighties. In part mm-hmm. because the Buccaneers themselves were so bad, right? Like their first season in nineteen seventy-six, they went zero and fourteen, the first modern NFL team to go uh, winless uh, in, in a, you know, in a full season. And generally speaking, they, they were not a good team during the creamsicle or, or bucko Bruce era. Uh, but there's been a certain nostalgia, uh, or I, I like to call it a, a reputational Renaissance for that uniform. And I, I think part of it is that the bucks have worn some bad uniforms over the years, like those, uh, what was called the alarm clock jerseys, you know, with that, oh, weird so that digital looking font. Um, and honestly, I'm not a huge fan of their current primary uniforms either, even though I know they won the Super Bowl in them and, um, you know, it's, it's not terrible and they certainly own that pewter color. There's nothing else like it in the NFL. Um, but I I have to say I have a soft spot for the the creamsicles and I, I'm going to be happy to see that back on the field this season.
0: So when NFL network did the top, you see their top tens, you remember this. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the early 2010s and, and they would they would look at uniforms, top 10 worst uniforms. The Buccaneers were, were on that and uh, <laughs> the Cream sickles were on that and they were on that list and they were just talking about a lot of the talking points that you just mentioned where it represented an era of, re- of futility for that team and, and Boca Bruce is like winking on the, on the logo and it's like a non-threatening yeah, he, sort of thing.
2: <laughs> he was almost like the last of that kind of... Um, of mascot character or logo character where he like he didn't look intimidating he like the guy who designed him said he was trying to make him look like errol flynn like the old swashbuckling movie star well most by the 70s i don't know how many nfl fans especially young nfl fans even knew who errol flynn was and certainly by the 90s uh which is when the like 97 is when they swapped out the cream schools for the pewter uniforms uh, certainly, I, I think the vast majority of NFL fans couldn't even tell you who Errol Flynn was. And it was just sort of a it felt not even like a good nostalgia, but just like it, it would be like the equivalent of of like having a marching band um, play like the pop hits of the 50s before the before the game, you know, instead of the the way. Um, an NFL (laughs) pregame situation that looks and sounds now it just didn't feel modern. It didn't, it, it just felt kind of lost in time. And yeah, certainly didn't look intimidating uh, or, you know, it just didn't feel very sportsy, but, uh, but again, I gotta say, I'm kind of glad to see it back. And certainly uh, there were people who said the orange color also, because there had never been um, that shade of orange, you know, the Bengals and Browns wear orange, but it's a much deeper, Mm -hmm. richer, saturated orange whereas um the bucks use a a a lighter shade and people were saying it looked kind of wimpy or um it just didn't but you know it was very i thought very florida right like that's the color of like florida orange juice and 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 just the sunshine state Um, and so i always thought it was very appropriate in that sense and i didn't have a problem with it color wise but i do think the team's on field struggles in terms of just wins and losses Uh, didn't do the uh, people's assessment of that uniform any favors.
0: You know, I just the other night, I it's funny, I used to do this when I was a kid, but just the other night, um, because I like this, I like doing this just because you don't see it in the NFL in real life. I played Madden and I uh, had the Buccaneers versus the Tennessee Titans in both of their throwback home uniforms because you'll never see that, right? Aside from color rush.
2: So so you set up a color versus color game with orange versus Columbia blue yes exactly and oh, it was it so that would good great. that would be it so, was
0: awesome was and like i wish the nfl would let them do this like that that oilers throwback they just that was the one i was looking most forward to because i love those uniforms i love that it reminds me of warren moon and the 90s oilers before they moved to tennessee and even Stephen steven mcnair wore that for a year right or a couple of years before they became mm-hmm. the, the, the titans when they were when they were playing vanderbilt but man it was that that one was was the one i was kind of waiting for the buccaneers one is awesome but they dropped that like a couple of years ago as well they, they they've been, they've worn that when josh freeman was the quarterback they they were wearing that but the oilers uniforms aside from the afl drops that they do every once in a while we haven't seen that particular iteration of the uniform with the red face mask and the wrapped outline mm-hmm. numbers and stuff we haven't seen that since basically
2: the the 90s right Uh, Yeah, I'm excited for that one, too. It's sort of a controversial um, move on their part uh, in the uniform world, because some people feel it's disrespectful to Houston, like the team packed up and left Houston, but they took the intellectual property uh, in terms of the team name and the team colors and all the iconography with them. And they did play as the Tennessee Oilers for two years, as you say. Uh, But a lot of people think uh, I'm sort of of two minds about this, but many fans think it's sort of like rubbing salt in the wound. Uh, for Houston fans, for them to be reviving that uniform. And in fact, they're going to be wearing it against the Texans, the Houston Texans. So it's going oh, to wow. be sort of a Houston <laughs> versus Houston game in Tennessee, yeah. uh, which is kind of sticking it a little, so I, some people think. but I And I, I understand that point of view. I'm sympathetic to that point of view. At the same time, I think franchise through lines and franchise histories are really interesting. And it's like interesting to know that the Titans used to be the Oilers. And like to to follow teams, you know, from their different cities and different identities and all that. I I really like sports history and I like knowing where teams and brands came from. And so I kind of like that when you bring a throwback uh, back into circulation, it's sort of like a history lesson. I kind of dig that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also, yes, it looks really good. That Oilers uniform (laughs) looks really, really good. And I, I am very stoked to see it. That's another really unique color combo, the Columbia blue and the red. Uh, there's nothing else like it in NFL history, and uh, I again, I'm very excited to see it back on the field. And it, it doesn't hurt also that uh, I'm not really a big fan of Titans' current uniforms. So every right. time they are wearing an Oilers throwback, that's one less game that they're wearing their primary uniforms, which I see as, like, addition by subtraction, if you know what I mean.
0: Right, the, the flaming thumbtacks, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: flaming yeah, thumb. a, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so there's a couple of teams that released Icy Whites as well. So the the Cleveland Browns released the white alternate uh, uniform with the white helmet, and the Denver Broncos released icy white helmets to go with um, their their alternate uniform as well. I feel like the latter was a miss because they've got the old Denver Broncos logo that we all love, but they put it on a white helmet when they could have just released the blue helmet and re released the orange crush uniforms, which is what the people I feel like the people really want.
2: I, I basically agree with everything you just said. I think the um, the Broncos' white helmet, and, and we should say here for your listeners who may not know, the rule in the NFL is that an alternate, at least for now, is that the an alternate helmet can be worn only with an alternate uniform. So mm-hmm. the, the Broncos' solid orange color rush uniform is the only thing available for this new white helmet to be paired with. So they had worn um, a navy helmet with the old D logo, um, with that orange color rush uniform, now they're going to wear this broken. new, huh? Yeah, yeah. That was that wasn't bad actually, but now they're going to wear this new white helmet. And I got to say, it's not a terrible looking uniform. The white helmet, orange jersey, orange pants, but it doesn't feel like the Broncos to me. I don't think it's a it's a it's not necessarily a bad uniform, but I think it's a bad Broncos uniform. It feels in part because of the orange over orange. It feels more collegiate, more NCAA. To me. And sure. then when you have when you have something like a, a white helmet, orange jersey, I'm thinking like Oklahoma State or something like that. Yes. It just does not. It does not feel like the Broncos to me. So it, it's not like ugly, but it, it doesn't feel like the right move, especially when, as you point out, they could have gone with the royal blue helmet. And I think that would have been a much better a much better move, just the pure throwback helmet, even if they didn't bring back the full orange crush uniform, just wear the royal blue helmet with this existing orange on orange color rush uh, right. uniform. And I think I think that would have been a big hit, uh, but they clearly have some like more moves uh, in the works. This is just the first move of a makeover for the Broncos. They have made it clear that they have, they're gonna be overhauling their primary uniforms, which uh, have now been with us, you know, since 1997. So it's a long time. Um, and they, they have new ownership. So they've had to sort that out, you know, like what, what does ownership want to do in terms of what, you know, it's not just the existing owners saying, Oh, let's change things up. Um, This is the new owner's chance to kind of put their imprint uh, on the team, their visual stamp on the team. And then also they, they know that fans, uh, a lot of fans want to go back to the old orange crush. So it they haven't committed yet to a new look coming next season, um, but it's clearly going to be either next season or the year after they're going to have a whole new look. And I wouldn't be surprised if an orange crush throwback is part of it.
0: I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. Such, that's such a, it's such a
2: great uniform. And it I really feel is. Like, yeah. that original, the original orange crush. Yeah,
0: totally. And it's funny because that, that Broncos uniform that they're trying to get away from, they recently became a, a, like a one color sort of uniform what people may not remember is that when they released those in 97 in the preseason, they actually were
2: one color, right? They were all blue. They wore blue navy over navy and that, for preseason. But John Elway said he didn't like it. Exactly. I was going to get to that. Yeah, John Elway didn't like that. And then they, they went
0: up going with the, the all whites with one color and then having the white mm-hmm. pants in the home uniforms and winning two Super Bowls in those uniforms and became iconic for, for that period of time. And it's just funny how that happens. I remember the Eagles also tried this as well the same season. Against it was actually against the 49ers. It was the first time i had ever seen a team go home um, solid on solid. And uh, they were playing in Philadelphia. It was a, a, a primetime game. And Dennis Stubblefield had like three or four sacks in that game. He was, he was unreal in that game. And the Niners won. But I remember seeing the Eagles in, in all green, like uh, all green uniforms, and how strange that was. Cause you just never saw that. You just saw that you would see, you know, white pants or gray pants with the solid color on top. And now it's just commonplace in the NFL.
2: Yeah. You know, the, I think the Bills really made that like a mainstream thing uh, in, I believe it was 2002. They changed from their Jim Kelly era uniforms to the darker Navy blue. Um, with that and, panels and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. With the, like the piping around the the shoulder yeah. yoke and all of that. And yeah. um, for their first game that season, their home opener and season opener, they wore the Navy over white, which is sort of what you'd expect. And then for the rest of the season, all their home games, There are other seven home games, they wore Navy over Navy. And in fact, for the rest of that uniform's existence, which was 2002 through 2010, uh, they introduced their current set in 2011, but from 02 to 10, they wore Navy over Navy or, you know, the solid, solid color, or monochromatic, whatever you want to call it, for at least six and sometimes seven of their eight home games in every one of those seasons. And I think they are really the team that normalized that. They and I guess the, the Seahawks also, because the Seahawks right. in that late 90s period were also doing that. Um, and both the Seahawks and the Bills, uh, people started calling it the scuba look because it looked like a, you know, <laughs> in both cases, it was like a dark blue and they, it looked like a scuba suit.
0: Yeah, I feel like now that the league in general is going back to what what made them great. All these uniforms have so much personality. The classic looks aren't changing. Obviously, the Steelers, Packers, Cowboys, those looks are, are the Bears. Those looks are staying the same. And those are like like flagship classic looks for the NFL. But then you have teams that have several alternate uniforms, like, like the Buccaneers did at one point um, with that terrible – digital clock, uh, font in the huge logo on the helmet. It was just, it was yeah, weird. The uh,
2: logo, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and I feel like they're, they're getting back to what made them great. And there's, there's some teams that have misses. Uh, the Colts, uh, have released a weird black, uh, alternate uniform with, with horizontal shoulder stripes on the top and a black helmet. Um, the Detroit lions released uh, a new, Blue helmet, which I which I kind of like because it because I'm a car guy as well but, and I understand the heritage. But they released a new blue helmet to go with the gray unitard, unitard for some reason, uh, which is to me one of the worst
2: uniforms in the NFL. Yeah, and, and we you mentioned you're a car fan, and so you're saying you like that blue Lions helmet because it's a it's based on the Mustang logo. The the logo. exactly, I'm a Mustang so, guy, right? So, yeah. Yeah, the walking lion with the two stripes in the background. And so that, that's yeah. the lion that's based on the Ford Mustang. Lions, of course, are owned by the Ford family. So maybe a little cross-pollination there. Um, and I agree. I, I think that, that solid gray lion's uniform is, is really the, probably the worst uniform in the league right now. But they somehow found a way to make it worse. Uh, because as bad as it was with the, uh, the silver helmet, I think it looks even worse uh, with this new blue helmet. And I don't think the blue helmet by itself, you know, viewed in a vacuum is a terrible design, but it just doesn't work on that. Well, nothing's going to work on that that solid gray uniform. And again, they are they are sort of uh, hemmed in by this rule that says if you have an alternate helmet, it can be worn only with an alternate uniform. So they can't wear that new blue helmet um, with their primary blue jersey. They can't play mix and match that way. They have to wear it. Only with the alternate and the alternate happens to be the awful gray <laughs> uniform and yeah it really seems like a waste like they they created this like not terrible helmet but they they're sort of constrained in terms of what they can do with it and it and it, it really doesn't work
0: yeah and there's and there's teams that there's there's over engineering going on and, and i know we're up against it a little bit so we'll we'll wrap here but the, there's teams that have over engineered. I feel like the Jets. Uh, they did bring back the New York New York sack exchange.
2: You know, yes, that's another that's another throwback you didn't mention. The Jets, the Jets throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the sack exchange era because uh, I like the sort of Joe Namath era, um, right. or then you know Bill Parcells when he took over the Jets. He brought that back. You know, at the Vinny Testaverde era of, of that mm-hmm. that design for the Jets, uh, but the sack exchange is certainly so much better than the Jets current primary uniform, which just looks like an arena league team. I, I, you know, I'm here in New York. I, so I know a lot of Jets fans and everything. It's, I I'm embarrassed by it. I really am. I think it's, it's just cringeworthy. Um, so uh, yeah, at least for two games this year, we won't have to look at that. It's another case of addition by subtraction because they'll be wearing those sack exchange throwbacks. I thought it was interesting actually that they chose to do a white jersey for the sack exchange throwback right. rather than yeah. green. the jets did wear uh, white at home for a, a period in there like back in the day in the sack exchange era but not for the whole time I, and it, it's a little weird that they move you know the team's nickname is gang green and mm-hmm. and they're not wearing green i think they wore their green jersey primary jersey only once last season just once I- and, uh, and here they are. They, they have a chance to, you know, get in on the whole nostalgia thing, throwback, blah, blah, blah. And they go with the white. And it'll be white over white. It's not terrible. But you'd think the green over white would look a little more dynamic. I, I am surprised by that. And there's and
0: there's other teams as well. They're kind of just teasing us, right, with what they should release. But they're not really releasing. The Falcons is one of them. I love that all red Falcons uniform. They keep releasing the helmet. It's I give me the whole thing. <laughs> like, give me the whole uniform. Like, yeah. And, and I will never understand the obsession of, of teams writing their city name on, like, their home uniforms. I will mm-hmm. never understand that. Like, we know where you're from. We're, we're in your home city. It's just – Are like, you saying they should have
2: team, team name or, or that they, there shouldn't be anything there?
0: There should be anything. Like, like well, they'll have the city name. Like, Cleveland did that, right? The Browns did that. Right. Uh, and those were awful. And they're wearing those at home. And it's like, we know where you're from. Like, you're in Cleveland. <laughs>
2: I I think a lot of that, the whole trend of having uh, the city name or the team name on the chest of the jersey really started um, because of jersey sales. You know, like if you go back to a period when – you couldn't you couldn't go to Models or wherever or online fanatics and buy a jersey uh a lot of time you know a football jersey unlike most other sports is it's a pretty plain garment in the classic sense it's like a colored shirt with, uh, with a big number on it right <laughs> and maybe some stripes and it doesn't have like a script like in baseball or in basketball it doesn't have like a big logo crest like in hockey it's just got a number and I think a lot of fans or teams figured out or, or tried to see if fans, and I think they were right, uh, w- would prefer to have a jersey that literally says something. Like if you're wearing it, you're saying and projecting and and telling people, like, I'm a Cleveland fan or I'm a Bengals fan or whatever it might be. Um, and... When, you know, one thing about all these throwbacks we're seeing, they do not have uh, anything in that spot. You know, uh, all these all these throwback jerseys that we've been talking about because they are from an era when jersey sales, merchandise, retail sales were not the same as they are now. And teams didn't put anything in that spot because fans weren't buying jerseys. And so, right. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting difference in that era to the current era. That's yeah. and And man. I could literally talk
0: to you for hours about that. I love <laughs> uniform talk. I love jersey talk. This is this has been so awesome. But but we do have to wrap here. But I, I will uh, close by saying one thing about the 49ers uniform, circling back to that full circle. Um, I feel like one thing that they could do to improve it – I don't think there should be a, a, a refresh of the uniforms. I feel like this is a classic look. They nailed it. The fans love it. It's, it's really, really great. I feel like the one thing that they could do to improve it just a little bit more – is removing the black from the logo and just going back to the, you know, just the old logo that they used to have, and I understand why you they didn't mean do that. The helmet logo. logo, correct? Yeah,
2: removing the black. Yeah, the so logo. that you you like the throwback version, which is almost the same as the primary version, but it doesn't have that little black trim around it. Yeah,
0: and there's a little gold trim as well on the inside of the black. Mm-hmm. T- yeah, right? there's like so a, there's- a
2: layer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to remove
0: um, that it just goes like straight to the throwback because they're really close to those uniforms anyways.
2: <laughs> yep. You dude, you are old school. You want it you want it like <laughs> exactly the old version. I like both, I gotta say. I, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I feel like I've internalized the black as sort of yeah, I can live with it, you know, if that's the yeah. biggest, if that's the biggest change they're making from like the classic design I grew up with, I can live with that. But yeah, would it be nice to see to see them uh, strip that that little layer of black away? Yeah, it would be I, I'm with you there. But you know, it's, it's, uh, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. Let's put it that
0: way. <laughs> we're, we're splitting hairs here, right? So <laughs> well, well, Paul Lucas, thank you so much. You you are the man when it comes to cloth talk uniform talk. You are the primary source. You are the man. You've been doing this for years. You are a, a pillar in this in, in, in this discussion area, and it's it's been so great to talk to you. It's kind of a surreal experience for me reading your stuff for years and and uh, looking at your articles. Like you know what, I agree with that. That's actually a really good point. And um, you know, back from my college days up till uh, now, my adulthood, it's it's been awesome. And uh, please tell tell everybody where they can find your work.
2: Uh, So people, uh, they can read the daily UniWatch blog at uni-watch.com. That's U-N-I-watch.com. And then also I have a weekly uh, Substack where I do longer feature-length pieces. Um, You can get sort of a sneak peek at them for free. Uh, You have to subscribe, become a paid subscriber to to read the full thing. Personally, I think it's kind of worth it, but, you know, Uh, (laughs) I'm maybe a little biased. And you can see that at paullucas.substack.com. That's Paul. Uh, Lucas, L U K A S, so all one word, P A U L L U K A S dot Awesome
0: stuff. So again, thank you so much to the great Paul Lucas for joining the 49ers Love Zone No Hell podcast. And we will see you next time on the Odyssey Network. Thank you
2: very much. Thanks so much for having me.
1: 903! One, two, three!